Thank you for joining us here today at Calvary Church, where we are committed to loving God and loving people. If you have any questions or want to learn more about who we are, visit us online at calvary.ca. Now let's check out this week's message from our lead pastor, Steve McDonald. To this day, a busy parking lot is still a test of my salvation, especially during the holidays. It's like the Hunger Games out there with everybody fighting to get a spot. You got you to fight for your life just to get in there. Now, I try to avoid busy parking lots for the most uh, part, especially Costco. It always seems to me like the, the end of the world over there, people stocking up their survival bunkers. So I just, I just avoid it completely. But every now and then, I have to go. And so uh, last week, I had to go to the grocery store to pick up a few items. And so as soon as I pulled in, I looked around and I saw this place is packed. It's full of, of people. And so I started to do my rounds, trying to find a place to park. And then suddenly, I saw someone's uh, lights on the back of their car as they started to back out. And so I quickly got into position to claim my spot. But at the exact same time, on the other side of that same row was somebody in a little fast and furious car that must have saw the same car uh, start to move or saw that person get into their car. Because as quickly as I positioned myself, they were just speeding up and ripping around the side to try to get in ahead of me. Now, in the moment, I thought maybe I'm just reading into this, but it looks like they're doing that on purpose. It looks like they're accelerating on purpose to take my spot. And so I pushed my, myself further ahead, got close to the person who was backing out, and I could see this little car coming around the other side. And, and so out loud, I'm saying, I don't think so. I don't think so. There's, there's no way you're taking my spot. Come on, man. Grow up. So by the time we, we got nose to nose to go into that parking spot, we were now looking at each other. And thankfully, we were both laughing as we realized that we were both racing towards the same spot. And so I got in just ahead and won the day, which was a wonderful thing. But uh, I remember thinking in my mind, like, are they doing this on purpose? Are they accelerating on purpose? Because it sure feels like they are. You know, sometimes whatever we do on purpose, whether it's speeding to get a parking spot or the way that we live our lives, to do anything on purpose is to do it with intention. And there's something profound about the connection between purpose and growth. You see, purpose either abounds and there's lots of it in an individual's life or they're desperately lacking purpose. And both of those positions affect your growth, whether you're moving forward in that or whether it's just at a standstill. You see, purpose is the reason that we do something. It's the, the, the reason that things are created. Now, when it comes to the church, it's very important to understand that, that we exist so that we can reach people who are far from God and disciple and train those who are following him. And our vision is to see every member growing and contributing, every one of us sharing our lives and our faith 
through our everyday connections, because every one of those connections is an opportunity to share the love of Christ, even when you're trying to find a parking spot. I guess I blew it that day, but you know what? I got a prime parking spot. So there's still room for, for growth, even in Pastor Steve's life, but our prayer is that we, we begin to make Jesus relevant and real in our lives so that we can impact our community with God's kingdom. Now, this message series has been designed to encourage all of us to be more intentional when it comes to growing in our faith and developing new relationships. These things don't just happen. It's something that we have to deliberately lean into. And, and so it's going to help us as we go through each week to discover the opportunities that are within our church community that will help support you on your journey of faith. And as we grow, which is our focus uh, today and next week, and then serve and reach out to others, you and I can be the church on purpose. Now, in his last recorded message to the church, Peter warns the people to, to be on guard against false teaching. It was prevalent in that day, and it's still prevalent today. But he knew that, that some who were new to the faith would be drawn away. He knew that some others would, would, would give up and turn back and go in a completely different direction. So he needed to convey to them the protection that, that he wanted them to have when it came to guarding what they knew to be true. And so the protection, as Peter saw it, is found in 2 Peter 3.18. And he says, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. His answer was growth, that they needed to be committed to that growth so that they would be protected against those moments when they could be drawn away by things that were not true. You see, sustained growth is never random. It's always intentional. And being a church on purpose is, is really all about growth, real growth and, and living in community with others. <laughs> Let's be honest, it takes work. And more than anybody, Peter understood the value and the strength that, that the church could provide because it was Jesus himself who saw in, in him the potential of what the church could be. He knew that, that, that greater things were to come. And when Jesus asked the disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? Simon was quick to, to respond and answer to say, you are the Messiah, the Son of of the living God. Now, interestingly, Jesus' response involved the church and the strength of the church, not in a building, not in a, an organization, but in the strength of a people. In Matthew chapter 16, verses 17 to 18, it says, Jesus told him, Simon, son of Jonah, you are blessed. You didn't discover this on your own. It was shown to you by my Father in heaven. So I will call you Peter. So Simon gets a name upgrade from Simon to Peter, which means, as the Bible says, rock. And on this rock, on this building stone, I will build my church, and death itself will have no power over it. You see, Jesus saw the church in Simon. He saw him as a, a foundational stone, and he named him Peter, which is Petros, which means uh, stone in the, in the Greek. And Christ also sees in you and you and you and in me today, he sees 
the church. Each of us called as building blocks, coming together as living stones, standing strong, even during difficult times. You know, when Susan, Pastor Susan and I were in Taiwan a number of years ago ministering, uh, our amazing host and great friend introduced us to a pastor while we were there who was also a, a gifted craftsman and an artist. And he made these custom seals, and he gave me one. This is a wonderful thing. They're made out of jade, and it's, it has some characters on there. This one in particular is a, is a blessing. But they're these incredibly beautifully made uh, uh, seals that he made. And so whenever I see Chinese characters, if you've ever had the opportunity to see uh, someone kind of painting a character on a canvas... Uh, these Chinese characters look like mini works of art, just like these seals. And he had some of those in his studio, some uh, canvases that he was painting on. It was just incredible. But one of the Chinese characters, or two actually, that have stood out to me the most over the years are the, is the Chinese characters that represent crisis. And all of us are going to face difficulties in our life. All of us are going to face crisis from time to time. But the word crisis, uh, when spelled out in Chinese characters, is actually two characters. One represents danger, and the other represents opportunity. Now, I love that picture, because in every crisis, in every difficulty in our lives, it's not only the challenge we're facing or the danger that comes with that, that moment, but also comes an opportunity, an opportunity for God to do something incredible. So through whatever challenge we're, we're going to face in this life, we realize that there's never been a greater opportunity as his church, all of us as his people, to serve and to shine and to love. You see, Jesus is building his church with great intention. He's building it with great purpose. And, and you and I are a part of that because he's bringing about his plans in each of our lives. And being a church on purpose requires a big commitment to continuing to grow on purpose, growing up in our faith. And I think the first thing that we, we kind of need to understand about the church is that, that it's Christ who establishes us as his people. Now that statement is important because of its order. You see, our identity as the church is is to be a collection of God's people, brought together because of our union, first of all, with Christ. And it's that, that unity that we need to celebrate and draw strength from as we grow together. Now, I don't know about you, but to me that's deeply reassuring because my identity is not just a lone church member, but as somebody who's united with Jesus, and, and then united with the, the people that God has put me with. You see, you and I today, wherever we are, we're a part not only of this church and the roots that we plant here in this church family, but we're also part of the bigger church, the capital C church, all around the world. And because we're one with God's people in faith, we meet with other Christ followers on a regular basis, whether it's online, whether it's in small groups, whether it's here in person at the church, and, and we draw strength from, from that. We draw strength from one another. 
And even though all of us are living different lives and come from different backgrounds, what we share is this unity, drawing strength from, from that unity, from those relationships that he's placed in our lives on purpose. You and I are the, the master's grand design. He's the craftsman and the artist who has, has put us together, every color, every culture and ethnicity were carefully crafted with great purpose and eternal significance. Our true identity is in him, the one who formed us. We're molded and shaped and fit together, built for something that's greater than we could ever accomplish on our own. Ephesians 4:16 says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Now, there's not a lot of things that we can accomplish that are perfect in our lives, but God's plan for the church is a perfect one. As we come together, he realizes that our growth, our development, our calling is connected to how we're fit together. And it says, and each part, as each part does its own special work. And if we stop there, it's important to understand that you and I have our own special work, our own calling that is uniquely designed for us to accomplish. But as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts, the people around us, it helps them to grow, to grow stronger in what God's called them to do. So that the whole body, it says, is healthy and growing and full of love. He has fit us together as the church to help one another grow, especially during challenging times. Challenging times shouldn't cause us to duck and cover and run to the corner and get away from everybody. That's the time we need to come together, to stand together. You see, the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love when we realize that we're all in this together. We're never alone. And the shape of the church and its methods, listen, they're going to change and look different over the years. But the message of Jesus that will never change. That message stands strong and will always be there. You see, our true identity in Christ comes into focus when we recognize that we have been fit together as his church. You know, I was trying to, to bring an old laptop back to life the other day, and it had been years since I had fired this thing up, so obviously it's dead as a doornail, right? And so I'm trying to find the connector, the power cord for it, and I can't find it anywhere. And there was a file that I was looking for that I think was on this particular computer, and so I looked high and low, man, for every kind of charge cord. And if you're like me, somewhere in your house, and me, it's in my garage, is a couple little bins filled with cords. It's like a, a, a charge cord graveyard. Because every year, for whatever reason, I guess new technology and and, and the companies that make them trying to make more money, they're changing the connectors. Whether it's for our phone, our computer, our headphones, these connectors are always changing. And so trying to find them is, is, is daunting because if we don't use it anymore, then we have no need for that, that cord. But when we finally find it, it's like finding gold, right? When I finally found the right cord and plugged it in, it was an amazing feeling because... As soon as we plug that thing in, we have the power that we're lacking. Because when there's a disconnect, there is a lack of power, the power that we need. But when we finally find the right one and it fits together, bam, the connection is made 
and that power flows. You and I have been created in Christ to discover his power in our lives when we can understand that we've all been fit together with great purpose. Fit together, as the scripture says, perfectly. God's plan is a perfect one. Now listen, the church matters. It absolutely matters when it comes to who you and I are becoming. God uses community to help shape us. And we see this in the early church. We see this in Acts chapter 2. But we also see it in some of the biblical heroes that we read about. We see it in the life of, of David. He was a product of the people that surrounded him, both those that encouraged him and even those who opposed him. I think we all need a better theology of the church when it comes to its role in the development of who we've been called to be. Now let me give you four very important truths about what the church is so that we can be a church on purpose. The first one is that church is not about our satisfaction, but sanctification. You see, the functional inner theology of most people these days is satisfaction, especially when we're feeling deprived of it. And, and so people will come to church and go from church to church and listen and watch online, and they'll ask themselves questions like, well, how did that worship make me feel? How did that music make me feel? How did the place feel when, when I walked in? What about the message? Were these things that I experienced authentic? Did they meet my, my needs? And there is some value in these questions, but how did we get to the place in our lives where the teaching of God's word and worship became more about our, our own emotional satisfaction instead of our, our habits and our behaviors changing? When did it become more than what we know to be true, which is to become more like Christ, that he would increase and we would decrease? You see, you can listen to all the messages and songs that you want, but it, it doesn't sanctify you. Sanctification is an inward attitudinal change that is translated into a physical bodily change that follows as we begin to change, as he begins to change us. So do I feel peace needs to become, am I living peaceably with the people around me? See, it's more about finding your place in the solution that you're seeking instead of looking for that solution outside of you. Church is a, a gathering, whether it's virtual or physical, of growing Christ followers just like you and I. And so as great as it is to, to be online and when you have that ability and you're not able to make it, it's a wonderful blessing. But nothing substitutes for those in-person moments when you connect with other people in small groups, when you connect relationally with those people, and we'll hear more about that next week. But church allows us the the space to practice the hundred or so one another commandments or commands that Christ gives us. You know, bear one another's burden, like we see in Galatians 6.2. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another, as we see in James 5.16. You see, the working out of salvation in the beautiful mess of community is the place that God has designed for our sanctification and for our growth. We need one another. Number two, church is not about me, but it's about we. It's about all of us. The body doesn't just consist of one member, but of many people. So when you're baptized, you're not just baptized into Christ, you're baptized into his body, into the community 
of saints. The local church is the extension of Christ's body. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says, you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. So to not be involved or fit together in a local church is to diminish being united with Christ and his body. It's actually resisting the tool that God has created to help you in your life, to to help you grow. So never forget that God filled you with something that he wants to bless the people around you with. Romans 15, 4, Paul said it like this. He said, I myself am convinced, my brothers and sisters, that you yourself are full of goodness, filled with knowledge and competent to instruct one another. See, he fills you up like, like he did with Jesus. God filled up the son. He filled up Jesus so he could pour him out. And he wants to pour you out and the good gift that he's put within you to the people around you, to your family, to your friends, to your neighbors, to your coworkers. Number three, church is not about emotion, but, but mission. See, as we continue to share our faith with those who don't know Christ yet, and we're going to talk more about that in episode four, into what community are we going to invite our new believing friends unless we ourselves are rooted in one? How can you take the Great Commission seriously to to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as we see in Matthew 28, 19, if we're not ourselves involved in a local church community, that we can baptize those people and help them grow in their faith. How can you truly love God and not love what he loves? The church is not our creation. It's not something we came up with. It was the, 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 the design of the master himself. He still loves that church that he, he started, and he sent his son to die for it. And then finally, number four, church is not about consumption, but communion. Now, what do I mean when I talk about communion? I'm not talking about what we do at the first Sunday of every month as we remember his sacrifice. I want to go a little deeper, because when you, when you think communion, I want you to think common union. You see, when God the Father brings us into life with him through the sacrificial death of Christ, we're united with him by the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the union we're talking about. And when he saves us, he also saves us into life with his chosen people, a community in common. So communion is our redemption out of sin by God and into common union with him and with each other. Salvation is both union with God and it's union with the people that he's put us in our lives to do life with. That's what salvation truly is. Now, ultimately, when we get to the, to the other side and step into eternity, it's not going to be about what you and I have collected and amassed over the years, but who we've become. And who you become is directly connected to the community who helped to shape and grow your character. And that process, listen, we know it requires intention. It takes work. You have to lean into that on purpose. Becoming me cannot be accomplished in a vacuum. Heaven is all about community, so, so why wait until the day you draw your last breath to experience it when you can begin to step into that reality right now with the people that are around you? 
You see, we can get a taste of heaven now and, and like David become men and women, young and old, who are people that are after God's own heart. You see, successfully becoming me relies heavily on becoming we, being fit together as a family. You see, we're the church on purpose, growing together on purpose. Let's pray today. Father, we thank you in this moment that you have saved us and brought us into common unity, not only with you, but with one another. That you give us great strength to walk out the, the one another commands you've given us to help shape and make us the disciples we've been called to be. And we know that, that you've called us to do that together. And so we pray that you would help each of us to intentionally be committed to that growth. Our time in the word, our time in prayer, and our time in developing relationships that will, will last forever. Today I speak a special blessing on our church that as we, as we do church on purpose, as we do it with, with the lost in mind, that God, we would see a great revival of people saying yes to you once again, a new generation that will follow hard after your own heart that each of us will be a part of that process as we come alongside and, and mentor and coach and love the next generation to step into those roles that you've called them to be. But help us to be committed to that growing up uh, process that only happens successfully through you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. God's the best, Calvary. We look forward to seeing you again next week.